and welcome back to Vox Popcast, the weekly pseudo-academic roundtable of pop culture analysis with drinking and swearing. My name is Christopher Maverick, but you can call me Mav, and I am once again here with my co-hosts, Hannah and Wayne. Hey guys, how's it going? Good. I was just trying to think of something interesting to say. (laughs) I was like, wait a minute, did I I screw up? Uh, everybody's tired. It's a long day. It's, it's the end of it's the end of the week. It's Friday, so I'm um, doing okay. I'm tired. I'm happy to be off work. Fine. Gonna... Yeah, I was gonna say that we have a new leader in the box office game. You know that old thing we because, do. Yeah. How's it? How's it going? Katya is now in the lead with her <laughs> last movie, The Hunger Games, and I am thirty eight billion dollars behind, and you are. Three hundred. I, I can't catch. Aquaman's not going to happen. I, I can't yeah, catch. I, I, I lost right after Cocaine Bear. I think. <laughs> Wayne, you've just had a very unlucky year. Yeah. Five of your movies scratched, and um, you got Ant Man and the Marvels, and they did not. I, that's I, I got like three of the four Marvel movies, and they all kind of tanked. <laughs> that strategy well, would have been great in well, previous years. Yeah. <laughs> or if not tanked, but you know they didn't live up to win. Which this leads directly into today's topic, doesn't it? Today's topic, yeah. It does. It's, it, it's like yeah. I planned it. Yeah. <laughs> Good job, Hannah. Uh, we should introduce our, our disembodied oh, okay. voice. No, 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 to our listeners, we did not plan this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so um, so we should introduce our guest, and then we'll do roll into the topic. But I want to welcome back to the show, Nicole Freim. Hey, Nicole. Hi, nice to be back. <laughs> so, uh, how are you doing? I, I, because uh, I know I don't know how much you want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing great, right? <laughs> Taking the <laughs> easy going everything. You well, I can describe it exactly, but not everybody yes. will get it. If you it know the, the end of Free Amigos, yeah, <laughs> yes. the scene where Steve Martin is locked in the jail cell, but he can <laughs> if he can try and get across with the chains as he's trying to get to the key, and he keeps going, gonna make it, gonna make it, gonna make it as he's trying to get across. That has basically been my mindset since about August. So, you know, gotta make it, gotta make I, it. I wonder, and I'll now here's the question. Do we want to ever do a show on Three Amigos or is that well, more, well, or is it more thing for the protagonist? Do we, is that a Joe show or is that a Astro? Because when we, whenever we review, not always, but most of our recent movie reviews have been the, is this a good movie or a bad movie? And I mean, in my head, everyone thinks Three Amigos is a good movie. Am I wrong? I've never seen it. Okay, so it's got a it's got a forty five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. How is that fucking possible? <laughs> if you would like, Mav, you can come on. You can come on my podcast to talk about it. Oh, do you have a podcast now? <laughs> well, we're in the process of doing the recording a couple of episodes so that we have awesome. like before we get started. It is it is at the moment tentatively called So Bad It's Good. Um, and it is about quote bad movies because I would agree with you. I in I, I am flabbergasted that the Three Amigos, a masterpiece of comedic timing, would be yes. ranked so low. But yes, yeah. I, my friend Bex is is doing it with me, and basically, I'm. <laughs> I think most of them it's going to be me arguing. This movie is really so good, <laughs> and her saying. Eh. 
So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I, I guess I guess this is my topic, isn't it? Um, all right, yeah. here was my thoughts. I there were a bunch of think pieces in a short period of time complaining mostly about the Marvels because that's the most recent Marvel movie that's come out. But in general, people have been writing about how, well, that's it. Superhero fatigue has set in. It's finally burst. Disney's in trouble. Everything is bad. Marvel has fallen into the world kind of things. And then there was a bunch of, hey, here's how you fix it. Some of the articles have been interesting even, but there were a lot of think pieces and I was kind of amused by them because I started thinking, well, I mean, when you're saying that superhero fatigue is set in, I mean, there were nine superhero movies this year and, you know, some of them did well and some of them didn't. And like, isn't that how movies are supposed to work? I mean, I don't know. I don't know how to say that. Like, so the first, uh, the first big one was Ant Man and the Wasp. Had like a big opening, but it cratered. um, Yeah. And and the weeks after, Shazam opened. uh, Shazam too. But like, also, I mean, both both Ant Man and Shazam were disappointing sequels, shall we say? And then, you know what? uh, uh, So I should caveat that. I actually thought Ant-Man was fine. It's not good, but it's, I mean, it's mediocre. Well, I, 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 mean, I mean, in general, oh, financially. Like, like people. Oh, yeah, financially. And, and critically, like people okay, sure. were in general. I thought the critiques of it, the critical arguments as to whether this is good or bad. I thought they were unfairly harsh. The CGI was crappy, but other than that, I thought the comedy was, this is a random, forgettable comedy superhero movie. And I'm like, eh, it's fine. It, I liked it about as much as I like, I don't know, uh, you know, the last Thor movie, which I know people didn't like, but I mean, I thought it was fine. I thought it was, I, I thought Ant-Man comedy wise was slightly below where I where Birds of Prey was, which I actually really liked. And, and I know people like to hate on that too, but I don't think that it was, I don't think Ant-Man and Quantumanium was bad. It was just kind of, eh, okay. You know, like as much as I like. And then Wonder we Woman. had Guardians of the Galaxy 3, which did low well. pre-sales, but eventually, yeah, did well through word of mouth, even though I mm-hmm. personally thought, disagreeing with the critics and most of the audience, it seems, that it was terrible it and well. emotionally manipulative. Well, and disagree with me. Then we had Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, which beyond anyone's expectations of what was going to do, like people thought would do well and build on the first one because it was good. Like It, it is, did like, phenomenally for phenomenally the budget well. of where it was. And people, you know, like it has some picture Oscar buzz, although that's not going to happen. Like, let's be honest no. on this podcast. It's no. going to happen. But it, you know, it would rightly be in consideration. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think it's going to it's going to get nominated and pr- well, it's going to get oh, nominated well, well, and it's going to be a animated. serious thing for animated for best animated. So there you go. Yeah, Certainly not, a successful best picture. picture. Then we had The Flash, which um, made over a hundred million dollars um, barely domestically. And this was, you know, remember like Warner Brothers was like, this is the best DC movie ever. Greatest superhero yeah. movie ever. And everyone hates terrible. And there's the whole, you know, Ezra Miller thing. And like, yeah, like how low can the DCU go now? And we're going to find out with Aquaman, I guess. And then we had, so, so Aquaman hasn't come out, but then we had the, we had Blue Beetle, which was supposed it's to go on stream. 
turtles too. In my calculation, I counted turtles as well. And, and, tur- and then we had yeah, t- and then we had Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and mm-hmm. that did well critically. And like it, I don't think it was a huge flop because of its budget. Times its it budget, did. it's fine. It's yeah. it, it, two and a half times its budget. It's it is doing. It is a perfect success for a film. And then Made one eighty on a set on a seventy million dollar uh, budget. That is a successful yeah. picture by mm-hmm. any accounting. And then we got the Marvels, which makes me sad that it's doing as poorly as it is. Even though I haven't wanted to go see it because tickets are ten dollars for a matinee, and it's like <laughs> it'll be on Disney Plus soon. So I guess I'm part of the problem. And here we are. So now we're you know I, I all have these not seen the Marvels. Not seen the Marvels for the same reasons. Am I yeah. the only one who's seen it? Nicole, have you seen it? I have not seen it yet. This is for the film made for me, though. Like, it has kitties. Uh, I mean, okay. okay. So, okay, this is, I'll do this without spoilers. Okay. okay. I can, God, I wish Katya was here, because certainly for her, but probably for Hannah as well. You'll, you'll watch this when it comes out on Disney Plus in, in a month because I'm sure that's about how long it's going to take. And anybody who's listening to this episode and has seen it knows the scene I'm talking about. There is a climax scene in this film that is literally written for Hannah. It will be, and I am predicting that the, that there is a portion of this film where one month from now, when you finally see it, you're going to go, that is my favorite thing that has happened in a superhero movie ever. It is going to be oh, no. literally you know, Spider-Man. Is, I know how you love Spider-Man. And I'm and there's a moment that you're gonna go, you're gonna go with, with Josh, Josh is Hannah's partner for anybody who has not listened to the show before, and you're gonna and the two of you are gonna watch this and you're gonna go, Oh my god, really? And you're gonna be so happy. It is going to be this was written with you in time in mind. Now, will you say this is a better movie than Spider Man? No, it is not. It is but you liked the Ms. Marvel show, right? You watched all of Ms. Marvel, I believe? I did not did watch all of Ms. Marvel. I did not, I liked I was going to finish it be on the episode for it so i was like well one less piece of content i have to consume but i liked yeah. what i saw and i actually really i liked the first captain marvel film enjoyed mm-hmm. large parts of it i thought mm-hmm. that it was one of the better mcu films because frankly going back there are a lot of terrible ones and, and, and some that honestly I, I realized i never watched the incredible hulk and i'm never going to and it's fine and iron man 2 mm-hmm. is just a giant commercial for the avengers and like you know like that was very early on like this is not like suddenly the mcu is terrible so, so or what we're saying here by give us who are involved in pop culture and typically comic aren't rushing out to say these movies do we have superhero movie fatigue no because here's the thing and, uh, okay and that's, and that's rhetoric that's very obviously rhetorical I know. Here's and here's and I wrote about this in the blog. I'm a comic book fan. I would say I'm a 40 something, almost 50 year comic book fan. I love these things. I wrote a dissertation on them. A, a large part of my job, my career uh, is blessed to me because I like comic books, comic book movies. I love but comic books themselves. I haven't read a Deadpool comic in 20 years. Don't care. Not even a little bit. Because I'm allowed to have stuff that I like and stuff that I don't like. And Deadpool, don't give a fuck. Love Deadpool movies, hate the comics. They're awful. And now some people love them, but they're not for me. And it's not that I'm fatigued. Sometimes I am. And then I just don't read things. It's that the way comics work, the genius of the ongoing narrative of the Marvel and DC universe is that I should be allowed to jump in and out. And as a human being of at least average intelligence, I should be able to more or less get up to speed within, you know, a few pages. And that's how it works. Like if I read a comic and I'm lost, then that comic has failed. I would argue that. In fact, and in fact, one of the things that people comics fans hate is when you have 
oh my God, why are we eight parts deep in another crossover? We just finished the 14 part crossover. Why are we in another, like, and not being able to finish it? Like, no one wants that. What I love is that, you know, if Deadpool does show up in my Spider-Man comic, I go, ah, Deadpool and Spider-Man are going to play together. I get this. I understand it. I understand who Deadpool is. I don't need to know everything that's going on in his life. It's just fine. And that's how comics work. And I understand that people are not used to that being how films work, but you weren't used to movie serials at all before the MCU. And what they're doing is they're trying to train you to be a superhero content viewer because comic books as a market are failing, you know, floppies you know, are failing. So they've moved these stories over into a film thing and they're and like every time somebody says, well, they're making too much MCU stuff. I can't keep up. I can't watch it all. Stop watching it all. I don't watch it all. Yeah. It's fine. I do. <laughs> I do think that it's actually not fine. I mean, it's fine for us, but I actually think it's not mm. fine from a business perspective from like, and like, worry, I'm not being like boo who, who will think about yeah. Bob Iger and Disney. <laughs> Bob Iger. You know, I'm not <laughs> Yeah. like <laughs> Iger, like throwing Nia DaCosta under the bus like gross he didn't um, do it as hard like, as they as hard as those articles implied he was not cool like i didn't yeah. like what he said but he oh, didn't no. people were like oh he said there aren't enough executives that's not exactly what he said but yes i agree i agree i, I understand I mean, the point I mean, you're making. And, and to also like it's not just bob Iger whose articles like it wasn't him who'd said this but like there was like one article that came out about mcu's woes uh, the marvels dropped that like said some things that implied that she was like not doing her job and and later like, more explanations came, i'm not going to repeat it was crap and like it, i mean let's be honest like there's a reason why a lot of like growy grossness is converging on the marvels which is not entirely bob Iger's fault although he did also throw media with messages under the bus this past week like we don't want that and i'm like no we Does do we want media what media to do is here's the thing i'm gonna give the difference between bob Iger and david zaslav Iger is going to say whatever Iger needs to say in order to get stock prices up for next quarter he doesn't believe in anything he's a very good businessman david zaslav is mm-hmm. not a good businessman no i'm not saying i'm not saying good I don't not good. I'm not giving a valuable judgment. I'm saying oh, no, 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 he no. I know is, that too. I'm just saying I don't know if he's a good businessman after he said what he said during there's an actor strike. But like yes, overall, I, yes, he's more competent yes, than yeah. than Zaz. Yes, I, I mean he's not perfect. I'm not saying I'm saying. And also compared to Chapik, the previous CEO, like he knows what he's doing. He does make mistakes. He's not perfect. But he's good at his job, as opposed to the things Zaslav is doing, where Zaslav is literally like, I will feel better if we find out officially a year or two from now that David Zaslav is actually doing insider trading and trying to tank the stock. Like people have been saying, is he trying to tank the stock so that somebody else can buy Warner Brothers? Because that makes more sense because he's made so many poor decisions. Like, like I'm pretty sure Barbie being a success was an accident. From <laughs> Like it's the same with every like woman led right. film. I don't they he, never believed yeah. in it. Right. I don't think he believed in it. I think, you know, I, I think he was just like, oh, let's make a few bucks and it's fine. Like, I don't think he, and, and if I, and if he believed it was going to be bad, then I'll feel even better. But like the, so this week, for instance, Zaslav has the, he did an interview, which is so self-congratulatory. And no, I'm not linking it in the show notes. You could find it yourself. But he did an interview where he basically unprompted told a story about it's how important it is to recognize 
the amount of courage and fortitude it took for him to, can- to cancel Batgirl because he, was, he still knows in his heart of hearts it was the right decision. And he's glad that someone is sticking up for for the bottom line and doing everything. And I'm just like, but you've lost money on every single picture you've done this year except Barbie. Like, um, they are, have, did they do anything think, else? That was, was, they might have had one more that color, was in the black? I think the color purple. No, I'm, I'm anticipating based on tracking that the color purple and Wonka might oh, sure. not. No, yeah, those suck. aren't out yet. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. But yes. Yeah. Yeah, yes, in the yes, he was he's I mean, like he was talking about like the courage it took for him, and I'm just like, you're not invading Normandy, you know, you're canceling people's <laughs> movies. Like, what are you talking about? And, you know, and I'm just like, and he, and he, but he talked about it like he was just like, you know, we need to recognize this, and like it wasn't a popular decision, but I did what was right because I mean, it was like, 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 do you think you're Jack Nicholson from A Few Good Men? It, it was that kind of speech, and I'm just like, what is this? And part of me, like Zaslav does that because I think he wants to believe that his stupid decisions are right. Whereas I think Iger is literally, hey, I'm doing the best for the bottom line to the best of my ability right now. And some mistakes are going to work. So uh, if if Iger is talking to um, a magazine that is left leaning, he will absolutely pimp the virtues of, of virtue signaling. He will absolutely do it because he knows that it's all about marketing and that's all he cares about. Like, you know, if you actually... like he's literally like oh well you know we've always had a social message and like he's he'll say stuff like that if he needs to he doesn't care you're right but also i maintain my point which is Mm -hmm. stop talking bob Iger. totally fair which is i really i guess which i guess is (laughs) really anyway but looping back around i think that like from a company perspective many superhero movies and like tv shows like as has been happening and like i mean this is not like a new thing right like they've made superhero mm-hmm. movies before that have disappointed but like that woman you, you, you know like yeah, oh yeah like but like these budgets uh-huh. are that we see are like um, i mean how much money did they use right. for secret invasion and like you know how like a lot of these budgets are like 200 million like a superhero movie and like i don't even want to know what aquaman 3 costs with like ever all those reshoots they claim that they've done and you know on and on and and so it's like you know like it's only only a second one it feels like the third one but it's only the second one (laughs) yeah yeah so like so i think it's cheaper in the comics world for people to follow everything but i feel like from the company's perspective they were like yes we have like you know we've made like at the time of Endgame, we've made like the biggest movie ever. Mm-hmm. Like everyone's here. People are into this now. Like it's not just, you know, some nerdy geeky niche thing like Dungeons and Dragons, which was a very good movie, but was a nerdy niche mm-hmm. thing. We can just like do like minor characters, weird stuff, and like everyone mm-hmm. will show up to it. And we like have the critics on our side. And that's part of what has happened since 2019. That's not what has happened at all, including well, like the unfair lining of the Eternals. Green, well, the unfair maligning of the Marvels because it's in the years right now. Green lighting Marvels and Eternals. I'll, I'll include both of them. Uh, green lighting either of those pi- pictures for a two hundred million dollar budget was a mistake. It just that was a financially unfeasible. Like doing that for Endgame, that makes sense. But the Marvels has a two hundred million dollar budget and. I mean, I enjoyed the film and it just did not need that kind of money in order to do it. They should have found a cheaper way to do it because like in order to break even at a $200 million budget, you have to hit 400, probably 450 globally. That's a lot of money. 
that means that you are that means that you're going to that you're saying, hey, my movie needs to be in the top five to top five, 10 films for the year or I lose money. And you can't be in the top five films for this year and lose money. Guarantee that. If you're making four movies that you that you intend to release in that year, right? Like, and your studio is also making an Indiana Jones because Indiana Jones had to do that, and all, all of these movies had to do that. And the truth is, yeah. oh, well, the, the theatrical marketplace is down because superhero movies for the year 2023, which is not over yet, and Aquaman's still to come, and I don't think Aquaman's gonna kill the world, but it's gonna make yeah. some amount of money. It's not gonna make zero, and Marvels is going to make some more amount of money that is not zero and the biggest movie remaining that isn't those financially is probably Wonka like I don't know like Color Purple is not going to be a blockbuster it's going to do okay right probably I mean maybe it will surprise us but the point is right now currently superhero movies account for 17% of the US domestic box, box office this year and that number will probably go up so at like 17% is the biggest chunk for any genre like uh, everything else has I mean it's going to hit 20% which is lower than last year which was 29% now 2021 second year of the pandemic when stuff was closed it was 27% but that's because most everything else didn't come out the year before that 2020 was 7% but 2019 the year before that 20% about what we're doing now oh, that was with nine films the same as it's going to be now so yeah Right. With Endgame, it hit 20%. With the year before that, with Infinity War and Captain Marvel and Black Panther, 27%. But the year before that, 20%, 2017. So it's not actually any worse than it's ever been. It just feels like it because of budget. I think, I mean, and the narrative. Oh, sorry, Nicole. Really, it's just about perspective, right? Mm -hmm. It's people see these things as flops because they want to. I mean, I remember. You know, back when Superman Returns came out and it mm -hmm. and people call it a flop and it made, if I recall, I want to say like almost 200 million off it. It made like it costs like 200 something million to make. Oh, so and yet people were like, oh, yeah, it was such a terrible bomb. Like, really? I mean, 200 million dollars profit is a bomb. Was it really well, actually, a bomb or were people, yeah, actually, and I think it was more about, it wasn't what people wanted. It wasn't what they had imagined, right? Mm -hmm. Because it was actually supposed was budgeted to be much higher than I thought. So yeah, it actually, you're right. It budgeted much. It actually probably lost couple million it, so it was it was a budget of 223 which is an obscene mm -hmm. amount of money for back then mm -hmm. but 223 before before rebates so 204 and it only cleared 381 at the box office which means it was probably 391 it was probably just shy of profitable because you usually need to clear double because of the after theater cut you so it probably wasn't profitable in the theatrical window but it would have done fine because they would have been right on the edge which means all dvd sales are just gravy so it but, was but my fine it was fine is that is part what of the yeah. reason that i think it got is it, sort of the same thing that we're seeing with some of this stuff mm -hmm. now is that it's getting slammed not it's getting labeled a flop because people want it to be that way it didn't like, make I mean, like, money. you like it right mm -hmm. just like but if you look at, yeah. and it's a flop and it's like but is it really i mean i it, it is you know, I, in terms of putting it against its budget like i mean i want it to do well but it is right. compared like not numbers why it really like it, it's a good film it's enjoyable but like i i liked dungeons and dragons i liked the little mermaid but when you do accounting they either didn't make 
a profit or they barely broke even. And like that's speaking to inflated Hollywood budgets is, is number so six. Many, there are so many movies that come out that don't make giant profits that barely most make don't. back what they had. That's mm-hmm. most of them. We're talking yes. hundreds of movies every year. And mm-hmm. we aren't labeling all of those flops. It's only it's a double, really it's definitely a double standard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like like for example, I just saw an article about how Killers of the Flower Moon and Napoleon, Napoleon. are. We will link that are, article are, in the show notes. Are technically <laughs> yeah. flops. Of the other budgets, Killers of the Flower Moon was like two hundred million. Like, yes, they're it was all like roughly the same. And Napoleon's also around two hundred. Like, they're all pretty close. And Moon and Napoleon is oh my gosh, adults are coming back to theaters. Like, is this the as opposed to like the morals? I think it's absolutely like a double standard and a narrative. Mm-hmm. But like I, my point in saying like some of these movies didn't break even or barely broke even is not because I want them to be flops. It's because mm-hmm. I'm trying to make the point that like these budgets are really inflated and it's almost Mm -hmm. like impossible Mm -hmm. for all of these movies to make a gigantic profit. Like it it boggles the mind to me that Little Mermaid made so much money and so many people enjoyed it and is one of the better Disney remakes, critics say. And it's, you know, it's number six, the domestic box office. And people, I mean, people are also rejoicing that Little Mermaid is a flop because they want it to be a flop, to your point, Nicole. But it, yeah. no, Little it, Mermaid's clearly profitable. Little Mermaid is 240 a budget and it's at five. 569 so it's well yeah. it's well in the it's well in the double there, phrase yeah. it's clearly profitable there, there's something in the accounting i saw that like some, some reported budgets had it a little inflated because of covid so it was closer to 300 million yeah, 297 so that, yeah. is the high one so it's always make it it's in superman returns category it would be right also, at the line yeah. yeah and also disney is good like it's not just about the box office for disney for that property right like it's mm-hmm. million like aerial dolls and like other merchandising yeah. Like it's going to be from like, too, by the way. yeah, and the, mm-hmm. it's going to be fine. Um, the, but the Marvels is still like under a hundred. It's under a hundred million domestic box office, and it's That's unlikely it's going to make it. Which... It's going to well, and the difference is. So I will quibble with the article that you're talking about a little bit in that the so I think he's writing from the perspective of the geekosphere where it looks like it looks like people are higher on Killers of the Flower Moon and Napoleon than they are. If you're in the world of film Twitter and film YouTube and like the critical movie world napoleon ain't doing great the read on napoleon has been it's okay but why did anybody give to ridley scott 200 million dollars to make this this was probably not a smarter there's no no way this can be probably. so like it's about they're saying about what we're saying which is the you know, this was not a reasonable thing to do with the budget because the difference is we will absolutely be able to sell Iman Vellani action figures. We are nobody's Iman Vellani plays Ms. Marvel <laughs> for people who don't know. Nobody is looking to buy a Napoleon action figure off this film. <laughs> like that's so so there is my, no my my my, ex, my xbox maybe yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, he's a big he, yeah, he's a big history nut that might be the only movie he sees in the theater this year so. okay well see so I there's mean, a couple yeah. right but it's but like how much do they have for second level mar- marketing and other profitability lines they don't have it yeah. and i will say though killers of the flower moon is almost certainly going to get oscar buzz and that is so and this is where i disagree with the article the article is saying it's unfair because people keep saying that apple doesn't need the money but disney doesn't and like no that's different what the issue is apple produced killers of the flower moon with a ridiculous budget that they were not going there was no way for them to hit it and they knew they was no way to hit it 
hit it. Apple is trying to buy themselves Oscar consideration. It's the same reason they did Coda. It's the same, you know, they're what they're doing is they are an upstart studio that is throwing money at the problem of trying to get themselves in the prestige business. So they're just throwing money at the problem and it's working. So they know they're not going to get enough new subscribers off just Killer or the Flower Moon, but they're buying the label of, oh, Apple only makes excellent movies. Will it work? I don't know, but that's what they're, but they're doing this as a loss leader. That's the plan. And that, so that works a little different than the business of yes, what Warner Brothers or Disney or anybody else is doing. So I think there's a special caveat with Apple. It's the same reason they're producing Ted Lasso's and stuff like that. Ted Lasso is not profitable. It just isn't. And it's never going to be. And they knew it wasn't like the, the reason they produced Ted Lasso was because no one who's ever seen Ted Lasso doesn't like it. So, um, so, so I mean, there probably are some, there, there's some, but I mean, it's, um, but it's so yes. critically acclaimed that it's, yeah, that that's why they did it. Well, they shouldn't have messed up the third season, but that's not the short. I, I want to, I do yeah. want to, I don't mean that they're not critically are valuable or important and people like don't enjoy them. Like most of my yeah. favorite yes. movies, like not hit like you know number one at the box office even it was a race to the bottom so <laughs> I, I so like i want to clarify like i i'm not saying like it hurts me Dungeons and dragons might only get a sequel because paramount has nothing else going for it if it yeah. does like you know i really liked that movie i really liked the eternals and don't know if i can argue i i can i guess i can argue that the pandemic like i mean it, Eternals was popular on Disney Plus when it came out. Like Mental we barely think, broke yeah. even at the box office, broke even or made a little bit of a profit at the box office from Pixar, and loads of people watched that on Disney Plus, according to you know Cream reporting. But like I think it's just you know in particular now, like as we were talking about people, like the way people are watching movies is so different because it's not four fifty to go to the matinee anymore. Ten, yeah, well you said you can't even go for ten bucks, which is you said. I mean. Here's my thing. It, the movies are not a good idea. I, they're not. I love the movies. I am a movie person. Hannah, I know when you guys like you and Josh love the movies, but you made the decision. You talked about it. There was a pandemic and you were trying to buy a house and you're like, hey, we can save a little bit of money by dropping our A-list card, right? Like your subscription fee. I pay for that. And so I go to the movies way more than most Americans. I go a lot. My wife goes a lot. And my wife, when she doesn't take me, she often takes or sometimes we all go to uh, we'll go with the three of us. But she takes my mother-in-law a lot. My mother, my father-in-law died a couple of years ago. So my wife takes her mom to the movies a lot. And so we see a lot of movies just because it's a thing to do that we enjoy. But the outing is what we're paying for, right? Like we're paying a little bit of money to go out to the movies as opposed to we're paying to watch it. Because if I want to watch a movie, if I'm just buying the experience of seeing let's say the marvels in the theater is not appreciably better than watching it on most high definition televisions where you can sit as close as you want and like if you're at my house i've got an hd projector i can you know i have a hundred inch screen that if i want to drop down my hundred inch screen i can watch it and feel like i'm in a movie theater and i know that's because i'm a weird movie nerd but other people do that too Right. Like, it's you know, you see, so like, I, and it will be different okay, if this I, were. I sit behind right? you and chew loudly just to enhance that experience. Yeah, that's the thing. No <laughs> one's going to do that. Yeah. Right. But no, I mean, you totally. So, but you totally can come over. Like, <laughs> Wayne knows where I live. And and if Wayne's like, hey, you want to watch the Marvels next month? I'll be like, sure. 
you'll come over, you'll sit on the couch and we'll watch the Marvels on, you know, and it will be like being at the theater, except that like, if we want to get popcorn or go to the bathroom, we'll pause it. So it's better. And it only takes them. And this is not 1985. It doesn't take two years for this to be on home video anymore. Mm -hmm. Like it'll just be on Disney plus next month. I, yeah, I watched watched blue beetle a couple weeks ago and, and it it popped up on the services. Like there was that part of me is like, had this already come out? (laughs) Yeah. Like I, completely missed oh yeah there's no reason that was this year okay and like there's nothing special about it unless it's something unless you are hitting an end game or a black panther where you want to be a part of the cultural conversation you can you you know people went out to see that or to pick this year barbenheimer right people went to go see barbenheimer because what you were paying for was you were paying for being part of the barbenheimer experience and i enjoyed Mm -hmm. myself like I would enjoy it just as much on my TV, you know, like I've got a perfectly adequate 75 inch television that I can watch Barbie on. And, and it's going to be just as Margot Robbie ish. It's going to be just as Ryan Gosling. I will feel like it's enough, you know, I, but I don't get to cry in the theater with like a hundred other women. And that's what you paid your 10 bucks for. Yeah, right. So oh, no, I, I actually I will admit I paid 15. I saw it on Dolby and that's why I can't afford to go to the movies anymore. OK, but uh, are, but do you. But, well, no, but I mean, but the problem is you don't care enough to cry with a hundred other women at the Marvels, like clearly, because you didn't do it. You did like you you made the decision that, no, I'll cry in my house, you know, for, you know, for the whatever Disney Plus cost that, I, that you're paying already anyway. You figure you can watch it in yeah. January just as easily as you can in November. And that's the I mean, problem. Yeah. I mean, the movie, like the movies just like add up. Like I went to Scream and I went to Dungeons and Dragons and I went to Barbenheimer and I went to Spider-Man and The Little Mer and Indiana Jones and Elemental. Indiana Jones was a mistake, but still mm-hmm. and probably something. Oh, and, and like I saw Killers of the Flower Moon at my cheap theater before it closed. And that that was how I ended my cheap mm-hmm. ticket. I like I mean that like if you don't have an A list, a lot mm-hmm. of money. And like if you have a partner or kid, like that's mm-hmm. so much money. And like this is not what we're talking about because we're mostly talking about superheroes. But like, Disney's wish is not doing well. Like right. it was not number one at the box office. Like the Hunger Games was the number one movie at the box office when Wish opened. And Wish is like you know the new Disney animated princess, like 100th mm-hmm. anniversary. Like everything has built up to this film also starring Chris Pine. He's not having a good year at the box office. And the reason Wish isn't doing well is because the prime audience for Wish is a family of five. That's who, you're, that's who this movie's for. Two parents, three kids. So that means for Madinee, we're talking 75 bucks if I don't have to pay for perks. Or snacks. And yeah, and snacks. So that's yeah. a $75 outing to watch Wish, or you can just watch Elemental again, and then you can watch Wish next month. Like that's, and that's the calculus. And now it's not scalable forever because problem is when do they stop making movies? Like the difference between comic books and movies is I can produce a comic book that has 20 characters in it just as easily as I can produce a comic book that has two characters in it. It costs me exactly the same amount of money to do the comic book adaptation of Endgame as it does to do comic book adaptation of, you know, Captain Marvel. Like they're literally it's just, you know, it's just how many little tiny characters can you draw? 
if you're George Perez, <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, <laughs> well, yeah, but, I mean, but, but right, right. Yeah. But, that's, but that's the thing. Right. So, yeah. so, so it scales different, right? Like I understand I, you know, I, we supported the Hollywood actor strike. I want people to be paid well. Right. But, mm-hmm. but there is a question there of, how reasonable can we just continue to make $200 million movies if they've got to make $200 million back in the theatrical release? And I don't know that's tenable, but I also know that even though people keep saying superhero fatigue, if there are no Marvel movies, um, Hollywood box office fails for 2023, even with Barbie. Yeah, like, like, Barbie's one movie. Like, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's just not. We need that. Yeah. We need that revenue. AMC, AMC was like so excited when Taylor Swift was like, I will release my concert because they like were like, what are we going to do in the fall after Barbie's over? Yeah. And so like that matters. But also, I don't know how much longer the theatrical experience that I love is viable. No, and I don't think it's going to go away, money. but I think it's going to be what the theater yeah. is. Right. Like, I think like yeah. I think it's going to be go- like going to a stage play. Because, you know, most of us on Earth don't go to see stage plays. They're great. I love them. We've done episodes about them. Right. But like a lot of people just don't do that. Where And I think, you know, they might watch it on TV. They will watch Ham- Hamilton was seen on television far more than I never got to see Hamilton live. You know, I am envious that Hannah did. I was going to say, I mean, there's also I mean, there's varieties of whole variety of issues with sort of the whole question about going to the theater i mean like for example you know you did you not see them yet no i haven't well partly because as it got released i'm going into the end of my term and i don't have a lot of free time i also live in a rural area and there is one movie theater and i think there are eight screens and so if i don't see a movie quickly Sometimes it's gone. And if Mm -hmm. I want to go see it, I got to go drive two hours. And Mm -hmm. and Eugene, to see something. That's an important point. Because I I realized fairly recently where I grew up, which is very rural. (laughs) Where you grew up aspires to be rural one day. Yeah, right. (laughs) Um, But, you know, there was the... No, it's not. No, it's not. (laughs) That's accurate. there was the the closest town which had an old-fashioned downtown movie theater with the marquee thing and then there was the other town that was slightly farther away that had the multiplex theater there never been a couple of those over the years one closed down another one opened up but it hit me last multiplex there closed during covid there is no place in my home county within 50 miles to go see a movie mm-hmm. it's like an hour drive yeah from yeah it's like an hour drive and, and i grew up down there like you know, going it was a half an hour drive to get to the closest one and if I went with one of my friends or whatever, I spent a lot of hours getting out to go do things on the weekends, you know, on the movie and all that stuff. You just got to take it for granted if you grow up there. It just hit mm-hmm. me recently, like, oh, my God, no one in Washington County can ever see a movie yeah. without driving near 30 miles to do so. Yeah, I, I wasn't when I said yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. Rural areas. Mm-hmm. And yet we're getting the, you know, now you can just get streaming. So mm-hmm. that's why you do that is because mm-hmm. that's easier. Or more convenient or something like that. I mean, I, you know, I wound up getting Barbie. I, I, you know, on Prime because of the stuff that I had going on. I just couldn't make it to the theater, Mm -hmm. you know, and I would rather have seen it in the theater. Mm -hmm. I'm okay watching it on my TV. I, I mean, there's a lot of things that I would rather see in the theater. But if I, you know, I... If I don't make it, then I can survive. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And I, I think it's also worth saying that it, um, more and more people have been shut out of like public life in certain ways, like for non necessary yeah. things, like, you know, immunocompromised people still like don't mm-hmm. feel safe and rightfully so yeah. because there are mm-hmm. pretty much no precautions being taken yeah, although well, i recognize some theaters like amc have like work to filter the air but like you know if you're like no compromised and covid numbers are getting higher do you really want to go see a holiday film with like a hundred unmasked strangers yeah. who are eating uh, or you know my anybody one my one of my longest friends who he, he was more of a movie buddy for me than most people and that's it he has his immune system is compromised due to some meds and he hasn't been in the theater since before covid so he's someone i I would have seen more movies this year or the last two years because he's the person that would go see some of those movies with me Mm. so so that that compromise going out and i'll admit that the reason why i love the theater i went to is because and i should have seen this as a sign it was like semi-empty. If you knew the right show times where no one else would show up, you could have a theater all to yourself. And yeah. like, you know, like it's still like a risk yep. activity, but you know, if you're wearing a mask and you're sitting, no one's around you. Like, <laughs> I mean, how, you know, how much more dangerous is that than like, you know, going to a crowd grocery store. Yeah, but so, even there, that removes some of the theater experience from part of the theater yes. experience yeah. is the crowd reaction. Well, um, I mean, yes. so um, at, the point, at the point that you're doing that, literally you're not much beyond the hanging out at my house, Hannah. Like, right. Like, right, I mean, right. I mean, Man, well, my house is far from right. you, but I mean, somebody's house, yeah. right? Like somebody's house who has yeah. a giant, who has their own projector. Cause again, if you want to, I have a projector, you can stand inches from the screen if you want. I'll let you, you know, so my, like my TV <laughs> setup would make you so sad. Um, <laughs> it's my dorm TV from college. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the only TV I have in my house. And I get uh, that. Right. Uh, yeah. But, but I mean, but like, but that is a thing that that is a thing that you can do. And yeah, a key part of a key part of that, Hannah, is in your house. Yeah. <laughs> you, you have an old you TV for in your house. Yes. I, I mean, like, I think, I think, yeah. I think what we're and, all and saying is like, yeah, I think there are just like a lot of negotiations that people are like going through, like economically. Like you've all heard me whine mm-hmm. about the over ten dollar matinees, mm-hmm. like three weeks now. Like, like you know, groceries are rising, streaming service costs are rising, and we want people to be paid for their work we mm-hmm. respect that on vox mm-hmm. podcast but like movie tickets are rising sorts of experiences are rising. like the average cocktail in my city now is 16 your salaries are not rising yeah like i mean salaries across the board aren't really rising but yeah, like cost of living is and in mm-hmm. all sorts of ways and it's like well what do i pick and then there's you know like risk factors mm-hmm. with things like covid or theaters are closing or like we're never there so it's a question of distance and like what do you really want to do with your time and your money mm-hmm. And, you know, struggle of modern life. And so I think that, you know, like we aren't necessarily seeing superhero fatigue, just movie um, fatigue. people are being you know, just people are just being, I mean, and people love movies still. It's just mm-hmm. well, well, like their choices yeah. have to be made. Yeah, they're movie choices. And I and so here's the question that I really want to ask, because why and Nicole started with this? Why focus on the superhero thing? Because it's not I don't even think it's. <laughs> the easy answer would be sexism, right? Like if it were just the Marvels, then it'd be like, okay, I understand what this is. This is, you know, if it were just the get, go, go broke, if it were just those idiots, right? Complaining about it, then you'd be like, all right, they hate women. I understand hating women, right? Like, I mean, I'm not endorsing it, 
but like I've been on the planet for a couple of years. I picked up that this is a thing that some people do, right? So like, yeah. like I, I would understand it if, if, it, if it were that, but it's not just that, right? Because mm-hmm. people are doing sure? this with, no, it's not just that because they're saying that about all the movies, but like for all the people who are like, get woke, go broke. That's why these movies do it, you know? The dude bro movies aren't right. Well, no, I was thinking more like um like Black Adam. Like I saw Black Adam, and Black Adam is a dude bro movie. It's a movie about just mur- superheroes and murder, and no one saw it. It's like anything well, else, right? <laughs> the more people saw it, the more the most of the DC movies this year. Yeah, um, right, but I, right. But uh, you know, like to to the point about sexism, Barbie's number one. Spider Man right. Across the Spider Verse, oh. which I realize is not specifically about Gwen Stacy, but Gwen Stacy's heavily featured as number three at the domestic mm-hmm. box office. The Little Mermaid is number six. Taylor Swift has gotten into the top eleven, and she'll be in the. And so she'll like, probably well, she'll probably she might not hit the top ten because it's been a while. I, I thought she would, but it, it's going to be close. I guess technically, if you want to count Ant Man and the Wasp, Wasp mm-hmm. is at number eight. Domestic she's barely in. Well, have you seen it? She's barely in it, but it yeah. heavily features Cassie as a character. I'd say Cassie is second if not first lead in that movie so fine and oh, michelle like, 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 is too. i think even just between uh, the little mermaid and barbie this summer mm-hmm. like there are like there is a huge audience for women-led films even if the mm-hmm. budgets sometimes like make how much profit a movie made questionable like people sure. want these films and want to go see them oh, yeah uh, but but like what i'm saying is i think people are being critical of superhero movies overall the marvels in particular in ways that i, I want to make sure we talk mm-hmm. about this a little bit too, that I don't think are fair. I think mm-hmm. that it's more yes. Because Nicole, you asked that. I think that what makes it feel like bigger failures is the expectation that it shouldn't be right. Like people, like because Marvel made three of the biggest films of all time with the two Avengers, the Avengers three and four, and the Infinity War and Endgame, and mm-hmm. Black Panther sandwich in between them. Those are like three movies in the top five movies of all time and then like you toss in spider-man no way home is not far behind it and then you toss in captain marvel is not it's not in the top 10 movies of all time but it's just outside of it i don't remember exactly where but they made all these ridiculously killer success billion dollar films in a very short period of time comparatively and so it feels like they you know it feels like they should all be that way when in reality the the reality is most movies are just not blockbusters and marvel and superhero movies are doing better than most of them so it just like why aren't we doing that with napoleon why do we have so many of why are there so many superhero movies i'm like nine years like there have been for the last decade there aren't right (laughs) right when when you have 800 movies what? come out in a year mm-hmm. and 10 of them are superhero movies. Right. Nine. Again, there has, I, I wouldn't many. count it. We've not hit 10 yet. There have not been 10 yet. It, it's not. Okay, we are I not was, in Western. Was, well, no, but, I'm, but yeah. I mean, but I think that's important, right? We're not yeah, even in, yeah. we're nowhere near where the Western got. Nowhere near yeah, it. People aren't, people aren't saying, what? oh my God, why are there so many action movies? Or, oh my mm-hmm. God. Yeah. Why do we, you know, why do we need another horror movie? Right. I mean, mm-hmm. it's I think that it's that criticism of there are, quote, too many of them. Mm-hmm. It's not a criticism that has really any valid basis. I think right. it's just covering for something else. And I think right. a lot right. of times it is the people who, like you said, the dude bros or the, you know, go woke, go broke mm-hmm. kind of people that that they don't want to say that because they know that's not as acceptable. So then they just say, oh, well, 
I'm just so tired of them. There's just so many yeah. of them. It's like, I, but, and I mean, there aren't so yeah. many of them. Do you think some of this? So, I mean, just the history of comics and the comics thing—it's kids stuff—and we are still recovering from. We make great strides. It has been looked down on as junk culture. Mm -hmm. It still is. In spite of I mean, all the money these movies have made, I think there's still a remnant of it being disrespected as a genre. So it's easier to make fun of or dismiss. Look at Martin Scorsese's comments about how superhero right. movies aren't cinema and it's yeah. like a theme park. Mm -hmm. And we can talk about that if we want to. Or we can just leave it alone. He, well, <laughs> I think he even had a point. I don't think it, like I think those were overblown and I read the entire article. I don't agree with everything Marty said, but I actually agreed with a lot of it. And the thing that people missed is he actually wasn't dunking on it as much as everybody prepared. He was basically saying it's like a theme park and theme parks aren't for me, but I get it. And even though I don't agree with him about all movies, again, I think Logan is a phenomenal film. It's I think it's really good. But I think Endgame, which I love, barely a movie, <laughs> barely a narrative, right? Like, it's just a lot of fun. And I think it's OK to just have fun at the movies. I don't think everything mm -hmm. needs to be a deep contemplative Scorsese film. And Marty actually understands that he would actually say that, mm -hmm. like, it's fine for there to be different things. I think that Paul loses that, you know, most people have genres that they don't really care for. Right. And personally, I don't really like why there are genres. I can think yeah, of, I can think of two war movies that I like. Most of them I don't like. I have reasons. Me too, Nicole. And but I don't sit here going, oh my God, did we why did they bother to make 1917? Come on. I mean, <laughs> I don't say that. I just sort of go, okay, well, I'm not, I'm going to skip that one. Just like I'm yes. going to skip most horror movies. I, mm -hmm. I don't need to go see The Purge. I don't want to go see any of the various versions of that. But you know what? Mm -hmm. Some people do. Good for you. Go enjoy yeah. it. Yay. Right. I'm, and I think you're, I think you're right. Cause I, I read that article too. I don't think he was being as dismissive as mm -hmm. the quote got taken out of context yes mm -hmm. it's, it's a really long was, interview and people only quote yeah. like three lines from it over and over yeah. again yeah. he made some very but good that's points. how it always is yeah. yeah i think it is fair to say that some and like like some of the recent output of superhero films have you know just been sort of churning stuff out mm -hmm. and audiences will just show up but you know like that's true of horror films <laughs> that's true of rom-coms mm -hmm. like movies Yes. Or absolutely or romance. you know what's it true of it's true of comic books that's kind of a that's kind of what i was getting at comic books are as, as someone who again i convinced people to give me a job at a college to talk about comic books like most comic books aren't good they really aren't and there's a there's some that are excellent and there are some that are fun and there are some that are just absolute works of art but most of them in the vast majority of comics as the medium that's been around for 100 years utter garbage <laughs> a lot of them are just utter garbage and that's kind of fine uh, like and and by utter garbage i mean things that i don't like right like other people might have <laughs> other people might differ on which ones they consider garbage and that just sort of needs to be okay because that's how art works you're not supposed to like all of anything right the idea that people are mad because 
you don't enjoy every MCU movie. That's weird. You shouldn't like all of anything because that means you have taste. taste I, I think also, it. I think also like actually something Nicole said, I think it's actually good that we're getting a lot of superhero stories because otherwise mm-hmm. we wouldn't get more than like big names, right? Like mm-hmm. if studios didn't take risks, we would have like Spider-Man, Batman, maybe Superman or like, yeah. or you know, you know like, like there, there were some, they're clearly in the history of superhero adaptations, like some that mm-hmm. get made far more than others. And I, I mean, it's super, like, I didn't know who Captain Marvel was for a long time, but it was actually super cool to see, like, mm-hmm. her on screen and, like, have some of her comic book storylines on screen more interesting than mm-hmm. there was a kitty. Basically, I'm just get over the Air Force thing because there's a kitty. But, like, but even the Air Force thing, I mean, right? Like, like, the Air Force yeah. thing, I get the point you're making, but also, shouldn't yeah. there be movies for girls who want to be in the military? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there should yeah, like, be, right? You like, know, like yeah. not you, but you know, some, yeah. there are I mean, some girls who are like 12 years yeah. old and I've always dreamed of being a fighter pilot. That should be a thing. That's, you know, like that, you know, it's the closest I'll ever get to watching Top Gun. Yes, I have, I'm full of horrible opinions um, and taste. <laughs> you but should, like, it's so gay. You know, <laughs> Such a great gay movie. <laughs> but like, you know, we wouldn't have like, and then like some of the like weird stuff we have that some of us like, like didn't do well commercially and some of it like surprised people who, who mm-hmm. knew that ant-man would make more than one dollar <laughs> yeah but but no, like you um, should you should be able to make an ant-man which you, you get a chance to make an ant-man because the genre <laughs> a genre happens once the once it is no longer just about being a franchise right like like what makes something the superhero genre is it's like hey let me try to make a superhero movie this is my take on it maybe it will work out maybe it won't and i think that's interesting i think it's interesting when there's westerns i think it's interesting when there are i don't know police procedurals you know rom-coms like like when you say every rom-com is exactly the same yeah there's a formula for a rom-com and they're not actually exactly the same that's exactly what i was gonna get there is a formula for a rom-com and what makes the rom-com interesting is the ways in which you deviate from the formula and superhero mm-hmm. movies are becoming that and some of them will be interesting to you and some of them won't this is reminding me i have an assignment actually that i give my comp class the mm-hmm. argumentation class is they have to they have two choices they can argue that a movie is a genre other than what it is commonly considered to be like mm-hmm. the matrix is a western okay or they can talk about a movie and talk about how it specifically breaks the conventions of the genre that it's supposed to be okay to, to create something new so like my mm-hmm. examples is i have a clip from silverado of like the showdown and then mm-hmm. i use the subway scene from matrix no okay newspaper instead of tumbleweed okay this is the showdown so it's using western tropes you could argue mm-hmm. let's how could we argue matrix is western and then i have the showdown from between Doc and Johnny from Tombstone, which is breaking the conventions of the Western genre because it's out in the middle of nowhere and they're very close together and there's nobody watching, you know, sort of all these things to sort of say, because, and before we do this, we go through and we talk about, we pick a few categories, genres, and I say, what do you expect? Because when we are judging how good a movie is, we have certain standards in our head. There are things that we expect the film to do. If it is a blank genre, if it's this, we're going to expect X, Y, and Z. And Mm. that's not to say that it has to have it in order to be good or bad, but we have standards. We all have standards that we go into it expecting something, right? 
Mm-hmm. This is why sometimes movies don't do well is because they get advertised in a different way. I remember when In Bruges came out, it got advertised as a comedy. And there are like three, mm. three <laughs> obvious jokes in the whole movie. And they were in the trailer. And the rest of it is not a comedy. Mm-hmm. And people Have were like, what the hell is this? You know? And yeah. that's because... You go into it thinking it's one thing, mm. and then you're like, oh, no, that's not meeting my expectations. So we did a show on right. Jennifer's Body was that Jennifer's Body got sold as a this is a dude movie where you're going to get to see Megan Fox naked. and It is not that movie. <laughs> it is a contemplative look at like lesbian love and between sexually confused teen girls. And it's with a with a strict feminist agenda. And it was sold to in it was sold to exactly the wrong market. Yep. And now, like you're saying, now superheroes are much more of a genre. I mean, I remember I did a paper for pop culture back in 2006 about film adaptations from comics. And I had gone through and done this research and there were more movies that were adapted from comic books between 2000 and 2005 than there had been in the previous 40 years. Mm. And so, and not all of them were superheroes, superhero Mm. movies, right? Right. But, you know, like you said, now we have much more than the occasional Superman or the occasional Batman. Now we have a whole bunch of other ones. So people are, you know, you can have these expectations of what is a good superhero movie or a bad superhero movie. And I don't know. You're right. It's sort of establishing a genre in and of itself. Although, you know, then we can get into the question of then we start getting into the questions like the Peter Coogan would bring up about what makes a what defines a superhero. But right. I was thinking as you were talking about the fact that I, I was actually thinking preparation for this episode such that I prepared um, about that, like 2000 to 2005 period when like a bunch of Marvel movies were being made, like the X-Men. Spider-Man, mm-hmm. yep. mm-hmm. Daredevil. I forgot that Daredevil was a movie. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. and, I, and also, yeah. And for years, I really only watched the Spider-Man movies. And one day went back to the X-Men movie and was like, oh, this is good. I wonder how the third one turns out. Joke's on me. So and then like, I, yeah. And so the movies I typically watched were like Batman and Spider-Man and like the Wonder Woman TV show. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, just can't escape Superman, whether you care about the character or not so in my mind like superhero movies where someone has a secret identity it's super important to have a secret identity went to go see iron man and the end is you know him being like throwing out the cards the bodyguard story Mm -hmm. being like i am iron man and i was like oh my goodness what a new place Mm -hmm. for this to go and it it was just like you know something that had been new to me that's obviously not a new trope in the like like not every superhero has a secret identity that was new to me and it was exciting and I, I don't know i wonder if part of this is like we were of a generation of like a very exciting superhero time and there there needs to be another hook um it's not everything but you know like or the hook will be like maybe the next hook is yeah feminist toy movies and that's fine yeah. <laughs> you know they, like like i mean it is a yeah. weird accident that they had so many hits in a really short period of time and i'm not talking about since 2008 i'm literally talking about since infinity war because remember people forget 
People hated Thor 2. They hated the Hulk Absolutely. movie. So yeah. They hated, you know, like there were a lot, like what people used to say is these are all mediocre except for Winter Soldier. Everything else is, mm-hmm. there was a lot of, how come all the superheroes fight villains who are just like themselves? And like, this is, you know, people despise those Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies. No one liked well, them at me. the time. <laughs> but I mean, like that, but that was a problem, right? Like now everybody's like, oh my God, I'm so happy Andrew Garfield got a new chance. Yeah. Like that's very revisionist history. Like the yeah, people do not found, like Age of Ultron. Yeah. Age of Ultron. There was a lot of complaints of I what is Whedon doing? Time. There's the, you know, this doesn't make any sense. What's with the hot tub scene? There were a lot of nitpicking about them. Even going back, like I wrote a whole article on, you know, making fun of, you know, you need sky beams because that's a that's what everything is, right? Like there's all kinds of stuff like that. We've always been critical of them. And the thing that everyone was talking about back then, back in like 2015, is wouldn't it be great if these stories could take chances and do things that are different? And people would say, like I, some of the same people who are complaining now, one of my favorite film critics, and this is not a dig against him because again, he's one of my favorite film critics, is a guy named Dan Merle. He does it. He's a YouTube film critic. He used to work for Fandom Entertainment and Screen Junkies, and now he works on his own. And I remember him saying stuff about he would rather see an interesting miss than just the same origin story over and over again. Well, now you're having those interesting misses, you know, and I don't mean, I don't mean that in a negative. I mean, like, say what you will about The Flash. The Flash is interesting. Choices were made. Not the choices I would have made, but choices were made in that movie. And they were they are interesting choices. And I think that's good. <laughs> I mean, I'm saying that like, right, we, like and, it, and if we did get just the same plot over and over again, people would be complaining about that. You know, if they weren't branching out trying new things, people would be I bitching. But I was well, so you're so thankful that we didn't have to watch Tom Holland watch Uncle Ben get shot. Yeah. It was <laughs> like we can just skip mm-hmm. that because everybody knows and i was like yes hallelujah (laughs) although i really wish they would have just skipped uh what they did in no way home that harkened back to that haven't loved marvel just killing off like women recently in all of its films and then hand waving it away and being like all right she's dead let's move on let's give iron man a funeral but not one for black widow I'm still mad. Okay, we can move I'm on. with you. <laughs> I um, I hated Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness. I thought it was an awful movie. I thought it was yes. so. For, for me, that was one of the worst films Marvel has done. There's, I have so many complaints. On the other hand, friend of the show, Danny Anderson, loves that movie. It's his favorite of the Marvel movies. And you know what? That's because Danny is a big whore buff, and I hate horror movies. And there's, I mean, there's lots of reasons, but it's good that we don't like the same thing. That's kind of what I'm getting at. Like, you're, they're doing yeah. this thing now where they make interesting choices, and then you end up with tonal inconsistencies because you're allowing the directors some latitude. Now, there's questions, you know, like this week, Iger was like, maybe we should allow less latitude. And I'm like, he's again, he's just saying whatever he's going to say, depending on the group he's talking to me. I one of the complaints that I've seen people make is how and this is true. And I know no one else has no one else has seen Marvel's. And I'm betting if you started watching Secret Invasion, probably none of you finished it. I've watched all of it. But one of the questions. Yeah. Well, one of the one of the complaints that people are saying is there is no way that the Nick Fury in this film in the Marvel's is the same individual that's in Secret Invasion. It doesn't make any narrative sense where he's left in one 
one makes no sense to where he is in the other one. And they reversed the order they were supposed to come out in, but it doesn't matter. Regardless of what of which order, they just realistically cannot be the same two characters. And people are like, how are you going to do that? And the answer is, that's how comic books work. Because yeah. I assure you that's happened with Nick Fury in comics for the last... 50 or 60 years. Sometimes yeah. he's a deadly serious spy, and other times he's joking around with Spider-Man and Captain America. Sometimes the same month in different books. Yes. Wolverine has appeared in five different comics at once, and there's no way that it could possibly happen. And sometimes he's hanging around with Squirrel Girl, and sometimes he's murdering people. And it's just, yeah. you know, it, it right. just right. that's how comics are. And people are like, but that's totally inconsistent. And I'm like, yeah, and it yeah. is. And then you end up with, and you end up with greatness because, you know, it's totally inconsistent. The fact that, like, the Guardians of the Galaxy were in Endgame with Thanos. Yeah, you know, right. Like, it was like, there was a goofy tree guy here, and, you know, you know, fine. It just it, fine. It, sometimes you have tonal inconsistencies and it, that can be a good movie. I can you can make those work. And that's just that's the nature of and we didn't talk about it much. I talked about it a very little bit in call for comments, but that's the nature of the illusion of change and the superhero monomyth and the, you know, the massive sandbox of letting multiple creators play in one ongoing in any never universe. ending story. Hmm? Totally inconsistent. You heard the duck appears in man thing, right? You know, like first appearance. <laughs> it's, it's brilliant. Just, it's brilliant, by yeah, the way. It's brilliant. Here's this horror comic, and suddenly you have a fucking funny animal character showing up. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's fine. You know what was great? Werewolf by Night. That was great. It was. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it, it, really it was. was. And it fits in this universe. And people were like, well, like, where does it fit in? It doesn't matter. That's the, like, I understand how people are trying. And I'm sorry you're being driven mad trying to make everything fit together. And because I've spent years telling people at comic book shops, no, you don't care as much about continuity as you think you do. I know you keep saying that and you're like, how can this all fit together? It can't just let go. It doesn't all fit together. Like that's, mm -hmm. that is the fallacy of the world that you are following. And you will be much I, happier if you just let it go. It's, I mean, it's true of our real world, you know, like on a farm in Montana. And I'm not even trying to be cliche here, but just, you know, their lives, their day to day lives does not intersect with mine very much at all. Unless they happen to watch the same TV show. Mm -hmm. I don't need to follow their continuity to live my life. I mean, like continuity is you know, kind of a new concept, like mm -hmm. sense of people caring about it. Because like the 90s show, like Friends, because I've rewatching Friends, I know. Like, wh what age are the Friends? When are their birthdays? Mm -hmm. When are, are they When, when are they, they all turn 30? They, yeah. right. they all turned 30 in one episode, even though they already had. Flashback, yeah. flashback to the other people's 30th ones. It's not all on the same day. Mm -hmm. yeah, but they, yeah, but also like, yes, you are correct, Nicole, but it, the, also like they, they, they mess with Maka's age, I think, in particular, because mm -hmm. are, are like Friday Night Lights, they de like, even, that's a newer show. Like they figure out how to keep the kids, I say kids very loosely, because it was all like actors in their 30s, mostly keep the kids like on the show for longer. Like how old is Tim Riggins? changed his age like a million times. It's fine. Or like Boy Meets World, they did some very serious episodes. 
and then like never talked about again. And there, or, there, yeah. there are things we don't even ask that question. Bob's Burgers is on like 20 seasons now, and we've seen them have Thanksgiving every season, and nobody worries about this. The kids are all the same. Like, like, nobody questions this. Is good yeah. forever. Yeah. National Lampoon's Vacation is one of my favorites because yeah. I'm a, I, if you've seen those movies, I love the vacation movies. There are, I believe, five films in the primary franchise, plus a sixth one that was a spinoff movie. If you're a National Lampoon's Vacation fan, who's older, Rusty or Audrey? Good luck, because it depends on the film. Like, and by older, I mean like in the first movie, they're roughly like you feel like one either one of them could be this could be older, like probably off by like a year. But like mm-hmm. in the next film, Rusty is clearly older, like by three or four years. And in the next film, Audrey's clearly older by like five or six years. That's just how that's, it works. That's different. Why? <laughs> Why is it different? Uh, like, it, uh, but like, I mean, even like in the 19th century, you gotta work this in. Like serialized fiction, like Dickens was just kind of making it up as he went along, yeah. and like you could just fully <laughs> tell in like the resolution of like the mystery of Little Dorrit. It's like That's the answer. Oh what is this? Like going through I'm the will, huh? This ha- this could, I- but like, and then there were people like George Eliot who was like, "I'm gonna mm-hmm. write this straight." Like she serialized things, but was mm-hmm. like, "I'm gonna like." plot this out and write this meticulously and it's like a united whole and I think we just have to accept that the Marvel universe in particular especially the DC universe never plotted holes like like they were not unified there was some sense of plan but like people like people arguing about this on the internet famously bring up the fact that like James Gunn just made up the Infinity Stone stuff because he needed to it's fine fine (laughs) it's I mean that's I don't think the infinity okay people are you know, the infinity stones or this long tra- marvel tradition no they're not they used to all be the soul stone <laughs> like like i there are so many retcons in marvel continuity in the comics and it's just fine it you know we deal with it there will always be people who you know are trying to put together <laughs> wayne and i have a friend link link's been on the show i think i think link was on the show yeah. once but Link and I had a conversation when oh, I think it was when Avengers 2 came out. Is Avengers 2 Age of Ultron? And mm-hmm. yes. And the and there's the point where the shield helicarrier shows up to help. And he is like, this doesn't make sense. Like, how come they're not using the agents of shield characters? Because it would be so much better because then you'd have a cohesive universe. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense. And he's like, why? And I'm like, because I live in the same universe as Barack Obama and I've never met him. And that's why like just because you live in the same universe that doesn't mean that you all show up at the same time to every event and you know if shield is supposed to be a worldwide organization there's no reason why these five people from the tv show that you watch like any more so than there's any reason that you know olivia benson the cop on law and order svu should show up at every crime scene in new york city she shouldn't she's got like the couple that she works right like Mm. you know there's and there's a and there's a cohesive universe of law and order there's been like six law and order shows you know and sometimes they cross over and sometimes just not it's fine i have to laugh now because i remember seeing seeing a meme after after endgame with the defenders standing there and the caption was Zoomed like in, right? portal yes. will open any minute now yep <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right yep. well we you know the whole idea of continuity i mean okay please bewitched they replaced the main character right and i mean no and and you know what the the movie of that 
20 years ago, missed just a grand opportunity to just have different actors show up halfway through that movie and nobody would have been great. Would have been great. Oh, that would have been good. Why, yeah. Why didn't they do um, Wait, now <laughs> I want something I can't have. Right. <laughs> I, but also that thing with continuity and, and people obsessing about how it all fits, realize that any of it is subject to retcon in any given new issue or movie that comes out. Yes. Mm-hmm. Getting so wrapped up in how this stuff fits together. And it could change tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it would happen. Comics, read, comics readers know that. And mm-hmm. so I well, they do, but then they complain about it. Like, I don't think they know right. as well. Right. They, they should know it. Yeah. yeah. I'll say the savvy of us, those of us who are, you know, are cool, we know. <laughs> People have been know, on this show. It just depends. Who's writing the character? Yeah. What do they want to do for their, quote, bold new direction? That's trademark, mm-hmm. by the way. You know, yeah, right. <laughs> capital B, capital N, capital D. You know, what are they going to do? It's it, who knows? It's all it's like you said, it could all change in an issue. And mm-hmm. yeah, sometimes we found that annoying because some of the stuff they change, you're like, oh, please, that's just stupid. But right. You know, you just go with it. And that's just I mean, Batman has been in his has been what, like 35 since 1939. Give me a break. I mean, <laughs> you know, it, you remember when the new 52 launched and right. Batman was supposed to be five years into, into his career and somehow in five years had four different Robins, one of whom yep. one of his whom he <laughs> was his 10 year old son whose mother he met like his third year of being Batman. Right. <laughs> yep. And you're like, wait, mm. what? If someone wants to write a Batman comic specifically for me, let Batman and Catwoman be happy, like not for temporary. Batman and Catwoman by Tom King. It is a 12 issue limited series that deal that takes place in much of it. It takes place in the future where I mean, here, I'll give you a spoiler for it. At, At some point during the series, Batman dies of old age. But like that's at the future. They it is about their married life as a couple because they got married and they just had a I mean, they had struggles because, you know, relationships have struggles, right. but they are a happily married couple. It's great. Well, for some reason, I had it in my head because you've told me to read this before that it didn't like like something in it would upset me. No, Bruce we, dies as an old man in bed. I mean, that's not the only thing can, that happens in the story, can, but it's fine. <laughs> Spoilers for a book that's been out for like four years. No, I I don't care. It's not the major point. It's not the major point of the book. They do end happily. I don't think the rest of the audience cares about my like. This was my first ship beyond, I guess, Peter and Mary Jane. I guess superheroes influence me more than I thought. But I mean, that's but that's sort of. I, I do think it's relevant, right? Because the reason that Batman and Catwoman never end up together is because of this thing Umberto Echo said, which is mm-hmm. superhero comics are predicated on this illusion of change. <laughs> I would quibble with this a little bit. If you want to see me quibble with it a little bit, I wrote like a 350 page dissertation that quibbles with this concept. But Echo <laughs> points a out. Bit. Yeah, a little bit. But Echo points out that superheroes, the, the narrative must repeat. You get to the point where they progress mm-hmm. to what the story is and then they are sort of stagnantly trapped in the second act forever and that's the excuse that marvel always uses for why you know why can't peter and mary jane be, be happily married why can't that woman be married in dc why can't batman be married in dc the argument is well you can't move on because then they're uninteresting i disagree with that 
Superman is much more interesting as as a married man, a married to Lois, and and they've and DC has relented on that one. But anyway, the, the, anyway, that's the argument that he's making, and that you continuously cannot progress the narrative because people don't want the change; they want to see the thing that they see over and over again. I would argue that, you know, you could alternatively just do stories that happen whenever you want and the continuity matters as much as it matters. Marvel is about to launch a whole series about Peter and Mary Jane as a middle-aged couple with two kids. It's starting I'm in so a couple excited. months. I'm so, so and excited. Like, but I- and, it, and that's fine. And I think that I think you can have multiple things. And every time somebody says, well, but if you do this, it was this thing where back when like the Arrowverse was on television, there was a big deal as to can we have Arrow TV show and have the Suicide Squad on it? Oh, wait, but the Suicide Squad's got this movie that's in theaters and we cannot have them be on both because then people will get confused. And if you're confused, then you're stupid. Like, that's my answer. Like, like if you can't if you can't figure out if you can't figure out, wait, how come Ezra Miller is the flash in this movie? But yeah, but Grant Gustin is the flash on television. I'm so confused. Are you? Are you really? Bigger question (laughs) is, why do they keep making such crappy movies instead of letting some of the people who involved with some of the good TV shows have a crack at it? Yeah. 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 Just, not care. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, I agree. That would have been that would have been preferable as well. But also, like, I don't think that people are I think people say they're confused about stuff because it's the thing to it's the thing to say. Like the people who are like, oh, well, how do I watch the Marvels? Because I haven't watched Ms. Marvel yet. And I won't understand. I didn't watch Ms. Marvel and I didn't watch Secret Invasion. No. So I'll be lost. No, you won't. You'll be fine. Well, <laughs> I don't know if it's actually people. I mean, okay, I, I mean people are saying this, but I don't know if it's actually yeah. people or if it's marketing problem because i disney wanted everyone to think everything was connected so everyone would buy the disney plus subscription so they'd watch the tv show so they'd go to every single movie so Mm -hmm. i mean like i mean i think that like wb just like thought their audience was stupid when clearly no one no like 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 we know there's a flash tv show we know there's a flash like i guess that didn't matter because like the flash tv show ended before we finally got around to a flash yeah. movie are they like yeah if I just before, yeah. complain to just the legion of internet malcontent but you know yeah, no one to be they, happy on the internet right exactly so you know i'll stop feeding them and hope they don't turn into monsters <laughs> well, i actually <laughs> so had a question for you the comic right. experts before we sure. resolve something so like echo says you know comic books are like the art of standing still, but tricking us into moving forward. Like mm-hmm. movies and television shows the same have thing. to move forward only because people mm-hmm. age. Sorry. Yeah, because yeah, right? they move, age. Right? Well, I, I, well I, I think some of that is you know, movies, TV take place you know, exist in time. We watch these people age. We see them move forward. Comics exist in space. They exist on the page. I can go back and read the first appearance of Spider-Man just like it happened when it first appeared. Uh, you know, that that doesn't change. But yeah, that illusion of even when you're watching bringing a new up. run, why is he bringing or whatever. Up? We watch characters age. We watch people age. You know, mm-hmm. um, Seven is not going to be to play Captain America forever because he's getting older. Whereas mm-hmm. you know, comics exist in space; they're physical objects. Spider-Man can be thirty years old for the next three hundred years in mm-hmm. stories. I I think that's I think that's important for our expectations expectations of this stuff you echo that whole idea of just referring to comics as the static thing that illusion of change 
there's no closure mm. because you know they they are characters that we need to keep the company they're yes they're comics and their literature and their art and whatever but they are also properties owned by a company that needs that illusion of changing and mav you and i've talked before the you know sort of standard policy at marvel in the 60s is our readership are 10 to 12 year old boys and our entire readership turns over every two or three years right we can tell that same green, green goblin story in spider-man years from now because none of our readership will have read it right they were wrong because you and i are still here talking about it right <laughs> That was kind of official policy of we can just keep telling the same stories over and over again because our audience ages out. Don't have to. Oh, now we have superhero movies. The actors are aging. out. Counterpoint to that, though, and I understand that point they're making. That said, Mm -hmm. James Bond has had 27 movies since 1962, played by 66 different authors actors yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. fine and it's and i it's and you know he gets older he gets younger but for the craig films at the end you know the last the last five have daniel craig and they appear to be in their own universe that is a different bond even though mm-hmm. judy dench as m reappeared from one to the other from she was in the last couple of pierce brosnan movies and then mm-hmm. she yeah. appears and mm-hmm. so like there's a there appears to be some kind of overlap but the Daniel Craig five movies start at the beginning of Bond's career and then spoilers, he dies at the end. So none of the other ones could have happened. But like all the other movies, you know, you see Q age because that actor stayed the same until he died. And, he, you know, he aged through the role and died and was replaced with a younger Q. And meanwhile, Sean Connery aged and then got younger and became George Lazenby then got older and became Connery again. <laughs> then got younger and became more and just aged and aged because more did a bunch of movies. And then he got super young again and became Timothy Dalton for a couple of movies. And then he got younger again and was played by Piers Rosden for a couple of movies. And that's just fine yeah, James because Bond, James Bond is a, is a time Lord. Right. Well, and because the fans of James Bond, you know, the people who like those movies just like what they are. And you know mm-hmm. what? 27 films in nobody is complaining about James Bond fatigue. You know, now, are they the most popular movies in the world? No. I mean, some of them are like, you know, like some of them make a ton of money. Some of them don't. And mm-hmm. it's kind of fine. They're just 20. Yeah, they just they've been making them since 1962. <laughs> the last one came out in 2021. They're going to keep making them. And it's sort of fine. And Star Trek, right? Star Trek thought they had to reboot the universe in order to like, you know, get the films going with the J.J. Abrams universe. But since that time, they've, you know, they've just continued the prime universe with, you know, with Picard and what's the new one called? The, uh, the Strange New World. Uh, Strange New World. And, and you know Discovery. what? And, well, Strange New Worlds is the one I was thinking of because Strange New World yeah. has several of the characters that are from the original series. And it appears to be in the same continuity. And it's just they're played by different people because most of those original yep. people are dead and the others are old. And mm-hmm. and now the characters are just played by people who are 25 now. And that's just mm-hmm. deal with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying is the multiverse will allow no, it's not even a multiverse, though. Art. I don't think it's even a multiverse. It's just it's just that it's just that now, you know. The part of Spock is now played by a guy who is not Leonard oh, Nimoy. No, no. I, mean, I meant like for Marvel as it has a Uh-oh, linear narrative. Oh, yeah. Such, I see what you're saying. Like, yeah. Like, like if they want to like reintroduce, like I just blanked on literally all the characters names who have left. They want to introduce another Natasha Romanoff. Johansson doesn't want to come back to play. They could cast someone else, for example. Yeah, I don't think they even need the multiverse. A new Wolverine and things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, that yes, they could. I mean, that's 
a wiggly head three is, different hole. Oh, mm-hmm. look, you know, multiverse. Yeah. Oh, look, here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you couldn't multiverse it? Really doing it. We've had three different yeah. Bruce Banners, and nobody seems to care. It's we, fine. We've and, had three different Peter Parkers. Well, no, but I mean, in the same universe, right? Like, there's no reboot. Yeah, they're, they're, Ruffalo's they're, just they're playing the same character yeah. as... Uh, he's definitely playing the same character as Ed Norton, and he may or may not be playing the yeah. same character as Eric Bana, and it just doesn't matter. If we don't talk about it. It's fine. Oh, yeah, I forgot they did that. And yeah. Harrison Ford is taking over for William Hurt, I think, played Thunderbolt Ross, because he died. Mm-hmm. And we had yeah. two people, people play Rhodey. Like, you, like, yeah, but you said you forgot God, they did that because it doesn't matter right like if the if the movie's good you can just have a different actor play it in the thor movies two different guys played fandral and yep. it yeah. switched from one guy yeah. to another and then it switched back to the first guy and nobody noticed <laughs> it was fine some of us noticed I, of us yeah, I know <laughs> and obviously and i'm telling the story Zachary levi so i noticed so, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I love my i love some chuck me too i did but, love chuck uh, oh, I love now chuck. i'm zachary levi i love chuck i love the first shazam movie zachary levi has got some issues well those <laughs> are different things yes i do think that it'll be interesting to see how like aquaman does and then like the movies in 2024 and 2025 because Right now, it seems like a man might be opening lower than the Marvels did. I could also just be that oh, a quick case of sequels being too late, right? Like the episode we haven't done, like all these sequels that like like 10 years later. <laughs> well, the Aquaman sequel. I'm all, I almost want to do a whole episode about Aquaman just to, just because like I don't understand how this is even being allowed to happen. Like uh, it was a testament and courage to cancel Batgirl and you're going to let Aquaman happen. Really, David Zaslav? Really? <laughs> uh, excuse me, Aquaman? man is a treasured character he's very sure. important dcu like everyone loves him and took him seriously this entire time no one was surprised when it made a billion dollars yeah well like like I think somebody's gonna make be surprised when the sequel tanks <laughs> i don't think it's gonna be surprised when this tanks. No, no, somebody, honest, right? i mean no i yeah somebody's going to be i'm someone who happens to be the president of that company is gonna be How? is gonna be yeah that's I all just, i can't wait to see what he does in 2024 i'm now just waiting to see what yeah. happens next gonna make our box office really? game fun so <laughs> anyway <laughs> we've resolved nothing i think we resolved nothing yeah, yeah definitely not i don't know i just I guess i don't think superhero movies are going away i don't think you're in danger of Disney shuttering the MCU film division anytime soon. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're just going to reboot all of a sudden. Maybe they'll change direction. And I don't think Disney's going to stop making movies. I think that there need to be business decisions made in order to keep the company in the black the way they want. But I don't, this is not a thing. Like I saw a lot of people saying, well, you know, what they need to do is if they just use secret wars to end the universe and then they can start over anew. I don't want to start over anew. Why do you want to, I want to see new stories. Don't tell the same stories over again. And I don't need, you know, I don't need a new multiverse. We've done this. Trust me. As so as a long time, a comic reader, you don't want a crisis. We've done a crisis lots of times. It's not all you think it is. <laughs> it's not the solution to every problem. <laughs> Ask the people who have been DC fans for the last, you know, 70 80 years <laughs> it's a bad idea down that way lies madness anyway nicole thanks for joining us <laughs> yeah i'm glad to be here yes <laughs> anything you want to promote this should be exciting i, I think because I, you already started did it at the beginning of the episode but what do you, what would you like to promote anything uh not not at the second i if i had a release date i would i would promote <laughs> it but but 
I don't know for sure yet. So, um, okay. well, I'm sure we'll have you on again at some point. Yeah. I was just, <laughs> just say, so what this means is you're coming back soon. <laughs> okay, cool. Then I will promote this. The national popular culture conference. We are still taking late submissions for the next week or so. In case you missed the deadline, you still have a chance to get those in and join us in Chicago in March for all kinds of pop culture fun. I'll be there. Nicole will be there. I believe Monica will be there. You can meet Monica people from the podcast. Yeah. Our friends at um, Sex Love Lit will be there. Our friends at Protagonist will be there. We've got a lot of podcasting family potential. Should mm, be exciting. Yes. So. Yes. Go to PCAECA.org. Um, mm-hmm. Wayne, what about you? Nothing. Enough. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think so, but I figured I'd ask. Yeah. Anna? You, if you if you feel moved, you can donate to the National Network of Abortion Funds, which is the season. Well, and as always, you can follow me on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook. I'm, I'm on Blue Sky lately. And, you know, when I remember I'm on threads, I've given up on Mastodon. I'm on Mastodon, but, you know, whatever. Anyway, you can follow me all of the places, always at Chris Maverick. You can follow the show some of those places. You can follow the show on Facebook and Twitter and Blue Sky mostly. We are at Vox Popcast. You can follow the show's blog at www.voxpopcast.com where we post about whatever we're going to be talking about next week. I'm not sure what that is yet. Hannah, do you know you've got a schedule? I don't know. I have a question mark on this date. So. Okay, so we so so yeah, if you have an idea of a thing for us to talk about, you know, write in. Tell us, hey, you guys should do a show on blank. But we've got a bunch of end of the year show com- stuff coming up. So we got one hole. We need to figure out what our 300th show is. Do we want to do a special? Do we want to cover some special topic? Have some of our favorite guests? Do we want to do, is this a good movie with the movie 300? Uh, that was my pitch, but <laughs> I don't know that anybody no, likes that. Please me. don't do that to me. <laughs> anyway, if you, what do you want to hear us talk about on our next episode? What do you want to hear us talk about on our 300th episode? Leave us a comment. Let us know. Or, you know, you can leave us a comment on this episode and just let us know what you think about is superhero fatigue a thing? Are, are, you know, are these movies dying out? Did we make any sense? You know, did you learn anything? I don't know. If you enjoy the show, and we certainly hope you do, then please subscribe to us on iTunes or Spotify, Pandora. You know, a lot of people like the Spotify, whatever they call it, wrap up year in wrapped thing came out. And I was surprised because I always forget that we're on Spotify other than when I'm doing this outro. And so, like I said, I saw that, you know, we, we are gaining subscribers there still, which is great. But I'd like to gain more. So, you know, listen to us on Spotify and get us in your top rotation. Give us a five star review there or on iTunes, Apple Podcasts that gooses the algorithm, makes us more popular and really helps us out, especially if you don't just give us five stars. But if you write a review and say how much you love the podcast, that really makes me feel special. And it really, you know, it really makes us more popular and it helps all of our friend podcasts because they're related to us. It will help Nicole's podcast when she finally launches. So do that. I don't know thing that you can do it's christmas make us feel great <laughs> i'd like to thank maximilian of bought for music for our epic theme song building ever so more epically and playing us out i'd once again like to thank nicole for joining us i'd like to thank you for listening and we'll see you next time bye, bye. bye.